Welcome to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast, a podcast covering your favorite crew featuring Peter and David Go. Before we get started, we want to introduce our blog to you that will be a part of our podcasting. A link to our blog can be found in the podcast notes. Bleedingblueandyellow.wordpress.com is where you can find it. Currently, we have previews for this season league-wide, as well as a piece that is focused on the Brewers in 2020. More articles will come as the season rolls along, so be sure to check that out for your latest Brewers news and analysis. Again, you can find that at bleedingblueandyellow.wordpress.com, and the link can be found in the podcast notes. Today's podcast is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is a free and easy-to-use provider for all of your podcast needs. There are tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer or mobile device, and Anchor will distribute your podcast to all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also make money with no minimum listenership, and overall, we've been very satisfied with Anchor for these reasons. So if you're interested in creating your own podcast, be sure to check out Anchor for all of your podcast needs at anchor.fm, that's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm, or by downloading the app on your favorite app store. Again, that's Anchor.fm or the Anchor app, A-N-C-H-O-R. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the first episode of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. I know it's been a long time since the Brewers made their off-season acquisitions or even suited up this past spring for the first time. Today we'll be recapping the moves to get you all back up to date on the Brewers roster. We're super excited to launch the podcast and want to thank you for joining. Let's jump in. This past offseason was very busy for Major League Baseball with many players moving in and out in signings, trades, and extensions. So let's take a look at what the Brewers were up to this year, starting with catcher Yasmani Grandal leaving the Brewers and signing with the White Sox as a free agent. Grandal was obviously a large piece of the 2019 success that the Brewers saw, and the Brewers will definitely feel that pain as Grandal departs. How do you see this impacting the Brewers going forward? I mean, obviously, I think to say that that uh, he had a big impact on the team last year is is an understatement. And anyone who denies that really wasn't paying attention. He was great with the bat and he great with the glove. I know he improved his defense last year with the crew. And um, I think Narvaez will actually be pretty capable stepping up offensively. But defensively is where the big, the big loss will be. Right. Uh, obviously, we'll get more to Narvaez um, in a little bit. But yeah, Narvaez coming over. I think Narvaez is a, is a very slight step down offensively because mm-hmm. there was some regression expected. Grandal mm-hmm. had a very good year last year. So I think the Brewers don't lose a ton on the offensive side. But like you mentioned, uh, the glove of Narvaez has always been an issue for him. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if the Brewers can make any help make any adjustments needed for him to be able to play maybe 80% of the games behind the dish. Yeah, especially with Grandal's track record offensively. I don't know if we'll be able to see Narvaez... Uh, repeat since last year was his best year, even though he has had some good offseason or excuse me, good offensive seasons in the past. Do you see Narvaez as a as a viable option playing the majority of the games, or do you think Pena will see more playing time this um, year? I think that that Narvaez will probably play sixty to seventy five percent of the games. Uh, it's a good platoon also because Pena hits left handed pitching better, so that that's always a plus. Um, it'll be interesting to see if there are any specific pitcher-catcher um, batteries that we'll see. Right. Sometimes we see that. but uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Grandal is, in some ways, if you combine Pena's strengths and Narvaez's strengths, you have yeah, Grandal. Exactly, but unfortunately it doesn't work right. that way. And, and on, on, I mean, 
On the other hand, Narvaez obviously comes at a much lower price tag mm-hmm. than Grandal. Mm-hmm. And if the Brewers are able to get Narvaez to become a viable defensive catcher, it doesn't need to be a gold glove catcher or anything of that nature, but at least someone who can get the job done and play four out of the five games, do a good job calling games, it could be a big steal. Especially, yeah, since they didn't give up too much. Exactly, exactly. So it'll be definitely interesting. Do you, you mentioned Grandal, um, just how important he was to the Brewers in 2019. Do you feel he was the second most influential player on the team? Or I I'm not going to make the assumption that he's not the top of course, <laughs> influential. Yeah, of course. But. Uh, yeah, I would say Grindal was, was second over some of the other guys, whether it be Woodruff, Moustakis. Um, I still think Grindal was, was the second most valuable. Yeah, you mentioned Moustakis. Obviously, Moustakis as well, leaving to free agency, going to Cincinnati as well. Mm-hmm. Good contract for Moustakis. I think um, a surprising. Yeah. I think Yeah, he should have gotten this two years ago. Absolutely agree. Um, we talk about this a little bit with the way free agency has changed. We almost, you could call it a regression this offseason. I'm not exactly sure what kind of what offseasons are going to look like going forward. But we definitely saw a lot more money going out mm-hmm. um, this offseason. And really, I, I mean, I was happy for Moustakis. Um, whether or not he should have gotten that contract, I'm just happy to see that he got paid because yeah. he really... Just, At some point, he deserved to get absolutely. paid. And it didn't seem like we were going to see that. So that 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 did definitely um, excite me to, just to see that he got he got rewarded. Absolutely. And and for the Brewers, I don't think it made much sense to really consider keeping Moustakis mm-hmm. just with the position guys they have there. Um, with Keston here playing as well as he did, too. I think mm-hmm. that made it a much easier decision. Yeah, and, and at 16 a year, I think that's a little bit too much for Moustak, especially for the Brewers, who are a little bit cash-strapped. Right, and then they were able to fill in. We'll get more into that a little bit later, but it seemed like they were able to patch a few players together mm-hmm. um, to make that loss not, you know, not impact the team going forward as much. But like you said, obviously Grandal Moustakis were big contributors to the Brewers um, in 2019. And they will be missed this year. Another subtraction, left-handed reliever who kind of flew onto the scene last year, Drew Pomeranz. Speaking of getting a much higher deal yeah. than expected, Drew Pomeranz getting a big deal as well. Yeah. Um, came as a surprise, I think, to just about everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts on Pomeranz's deal? I, I thought it, he did well, for sure, getting a four years, 36 from the Padres. Interesting upside play because that's really what it is. They saw what he did in two months in the bullpen, two and a half months if you include a little bit of time with San Francisco, and they bought into it fully. If he does turn out to uh, to be that lockdown reliever, that's a good deal, especially for a guy who can go two innings at a time uh, in the, the Padres' bullpen that might be the best in baseball. Which is, uh, nowadays, the bar is getting raised higher and higher. It almost seems like mm-hmm. it's the best bullpen. Yeah. yeah, definitely high upside, but... Definitely a potential. Like you said, we saw two months of lights-out pitching, um, mm-hmm. and the Padres were willing to bet a lot of money on that continuing. Yeah. So yeah. time will tell on that one. Um, our favorite left-handed starter, Gio Gonzalez, our go-to five innings, two runs. Yep. yep. Uh, left-handed pitcher. I, I actually think that's a kind of a bit of a sleeper loss because, I mean, he's not great. He brings but, stability. But he brings stability. He was always a good guy to have. He was pretty dependable. Mm-hmm. And... About I think I think uh, this is definitely a stat that is definitely true. Ninety nine percent of his starts, he went six, <laughs> five or six innings, two or three runs. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> I think a, had a good be, fact. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, at least ninety nine percent. Yeah, yeah. But but I, but Gio, like you said, he brought a lot of stability to the rotation. Also, a little bit of uh, veteran. Well, he is a veteran, yeah. obviously, with a younger 
um, guys around him. Um, a, a little bit of a sleeper loss, in my opinion. Another starting pitcher they lost, Jordan Lyles, um, kind of like Pomeranz in that he had maybe a little bit of a shorter time frame where he was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but Seems like he really figured something out with the Brewers. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but um, I'm sure if, if we dig deeper, we could see something based on the arsenal or maximizing the spin on some of his pitches that, that got him the success. He got a, a modest contract with the Rangers two years, I think about $12 million or so. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a solid, dependable back end of the rotation guy, and I think his loss will actually be a little bit under the radar too, kind of like you were saying with Geo sleeper loss. Yeah, the Brewers let a couple starting pitchers go, um, kind of betting on some of those other guys that they held on to. Um, but yeah, Lyles was really good down the stretch for the Brewers last year. Also a dependable starter um, who was pretty much starting every couple days, so or every fifth day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Lyles could also be um, a loss, but also good for him to see him get a solid contract too. Not big money, but mm-hmm. he's been a guy who's kind of been fringe triple yeah. a uh, majors yeah, up so and down arbitration like one million two right. million. so yeah. good to see him get paid a little bit too as well and our uh fan favorite matt albers mm-hmm. choosing to retire good drink move. a few beers <laughs> yeah go go hit some tanks in uh his beer league softball which is probably what he's better suited for at this point probably uh yeah that's what he looked like uh i don't know if anyone remembers that 10th inning against the cubs last was that last year or the year before I think it was two years ago. Um, I think it was a tight, well, obviously tight game <laughs> at the top of the 10th inning. Um, that's usually how it works. And he allowed like five runs to the Cubs and lost the game. I think he went on the DL after that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he just got destroyed. They were like, yeah, yeah. just go yeah. on, I mean, just go on the DL a, for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he still had a pretty good career as a middle reliever. Um, yeah. Just didn't really work out with the Brewers. Yeah. Definitely not what the Brewers were hoping for from Albers when they signed him. And, and uh, uh, an interesting loss, Travis Shaw, uh, non-tendered. It was a constant headline, really, for the rest of the year Yeah, for the Brewers, was when Shaw was going to come back, or eventually if he was going to come back. And that eventually get, takes a toll on you as well. So I, I really do think it's best for, for the Brewers to part ways with Shaw. Uh, Shaw, I mean, he has a whole lot of upside. Um, I mean, I think his ceiling is maybe close to an all-star level third baseman mm-hmm. if he can put things together and obviously did have a good year or two with the Brewers but unfortunate that it ended the way it did but I think it makes the most sense to go and we we were talking about earlier about Gio and uh, Jordan Lyles leaving another starting pitcher that the Brewers decided to pass on was Jimmy Nelson who they non-tendered and Nelson went over to the Dodgers Nelson obviously was pitching well um was that 2018 right yeah, 2018, he was pitching really well, top pitcher for the Brewers, looking like a number one, number two, um, before uh, having a shoulder injury, which resulted in him losing 2019. But uh, a little bit of a risk, um, and the Brewers chose not to take him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, no, looking back, it was 2017, actually, that the injury occurred. I was thinking 2018, uh, but that actually possibly prevented them from making the playoffs in 2017. Uh, not something that we usually think about. But uh, that was unfortunate, and obviously it would have helped them greatly if they had 2017 Jimmy Nelson in 2018 on that run. Yeah, I, I mean, I, this one is the one that I feel I feel bad for. I, I mean, I think everyone feels bad for Jimmy Nelson. An unfortunate fluke injury that happens, and boom, there goes uh, the, the security he had with the Brewers. There goes the positive trajectory that his career right. was going. I mean, going. He, he's been with the Brewers for years, and... That was the year he was finally taking a big jump, and of course, really unfortunate, like you said, just a freak injury, 
and then that ends up losing and ends up um, resulting in him the Brewers opting not to keep him and going to mm-hmm. ha- take a new start to the Dodgers. So definitely, I think all Brewers fans really are wishing Nelson the best there. Um, and then finally, Aaron Perez and Junior Guerra as well, non-tendered. Not not huge moves. Guerra I thought was a little surprising to yeah. lose him on the bullpen. Agreed. I thought the Brewers maybe you were penny pinching a little bit there. Um, he had become a pretty dependable reliever, but um, two smaller players as well the Brewers lost. Brewers also made a couple trades over the offseason. Um, we touched a little bit already on Omar Narvaez coming from the Mariners. Um, a small trade. The Brewers really didn't give up too much for him. Um, but we touched a little bit on it. Anything else you want to add about Narvaez coming over to Milwaukee? No, I just thought it was a pretty small price to pay. Um, overall, yeah. solid move. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel the same way. Uh, a little bit of surprising move again. Cleaning the house uh, in the rotation, trading Chase Anderson to the Blue Jays. For Chad Spanberg, Spanberger, not Spanberger, yeah, not, not Corey Spanberger, <laughs> uh, but Anderson going. I, I believe was Anderson the second longest tenured Brewer. Uh, that sounds right. I, I think he was yeah. LeBron. Yeah, which is Something a little like crazy that. around there. Yeah. About it. yeah, yeah. So Anderson's been with the Brewers for a while. Had turned himself into a decent starter, but yeah. again, Brewers eight and a half million dollar price tag. Right, they were believing, I guess, in some of their younger guys there. And the the theme seemed to be penny pinching for most of the off season, mm-hmm. uh, as we saw a little bit later the reasoning behind it. But um, probably the biggest trade of the off season was the Brewers sending Zach Davies and Trent Grisham over to the Padres for Luis Urias and Eric Lauer. Um, probably four guys that will be on the active rosters of both teams. So a, a relatively big trade. Obviously Grisham making the the big error in the wild card game against the Nationals, which really he'll go down for as his Brewers career, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but Davies had a good year, good, sorry, good couple of years with the Brewers. He's been there for mm-hmm. a while too. Good back end starter. Um, but getting some, some newer, younger talent with a little bit more upside in Urias and Lauer. Yeah, I like Urias. He uh, struggled a little bit at the big league level, but was never really given consistent playing time. Also blocked at short by Tatis. Uh, there in San Diego. I think that with given regular playing time, I, I do think that he'll put it together. And Grisham had a pretty good showing, but I think that Urias has higher upside. Maybe Grisham has a little bit of a lower, or a, excuse me, a higher floor. Yeah, I would de- I definitely agree. Because uh, Urias was a pretty good prospect. Top yeah, 100 top prospects. 25. Yeah, right. And obviously Grisham was never up there. Um, but Grisham was much better than expected, mm-hmm. um, I think, and made a bigger impact than was expected. Obviously, the injury to Yelich exasperate, exasperated that. But um, overall, you kind of know what you're going to get from Grisham. I don't see him breaking mm-hmm. out into something, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the upside in Urias. I like the pressure that it could put on Arcia and to speed mm-hmm. up the Brewers' decision and what are we going to do with Arcia? Is it time for him to go or just to make a decision and have yeah. another guy that's viable besides Erdon Perez. Yeah. Shortstop. yeah, and as far as, as kind of the Lauer for Davies flip, I do think Davies is slightly better, but Davies also only comes with two years left of control versus Lauer's five. Also, Lauer was the Padres' opening day starter last year. So he he wasn't like, obviously, he wasn't great. He had a little bit of a problem with the long ball, but provides pretty good upside and a, a little bit more control there. And the other thing I like about him, too, is another lefty to add. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Brewers have Suter, but besides that, I don't believe... They did sign Brett Anderson. That's right, Anderson. But but they typically right. are right-handed dominating. Yeah, definitely staff. over the past five-ish years, mm-hmm. they've been right Well, they had that streak from 2013 to 16. That's right. No no lefty making a start between Tom Gorzolani and Brent Suter. Suter, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah Gorzolani. Yeah, <laughs> legend. Definitely. Best left-handed starter for the Brewers of all time. Anyways... 
moving on from Todd Gorzalani, <laughs> Todd Gorzalani um, looking at some of the uh, notable additions that the Brewers have made. Um, possibly the, the biggest addition was Avisal Garcia, outfielder, two-year, $20 million deal. Um, thoughts on this and how Garcia fits into the Brewers outfield? Yeah, kind of interesting. I didn't expect it. I'm not a big fan of, of Garcia, but there is a little bit of maybe untapped potential if he puts more things together. He hit 330, I believe it was, a few years ago with the White Sox. Showed pretty good power. All around, he's an average everyday regular, which though you mean you don't just stumble upon um, average everyday position players. So I thought that just for that fact and the fact that he has a little bit more upside um, made it a, a you know, a, a reasonable signing. And again, nowadays, two years, $20 million. We're not talking about yeah, really, dropping the bucket. Right. It's really not significant money. And I, I, that makes the Brewers outfield, I think, a lot better because mm-hmm. um, it really solidifies it with Braun aging um, and probably playing more first base. Obviously, mm-hmm. we know where Yelich is going to be. Kane had some injury issues last year. Don't know exactly how many games he'll be playing necessarily if something like that happens. Yeah. Um, Sorry that Victor Roche never turned out. Yeah. <laughs> or Tyrone yeah. Taylor. For yeah. That well, matter. Taylor's on the 40, man. He is. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think it'd be hard to say that Taylor's turned out. Yeah. <laughs> might, we might have to run a Twitter poll on that one. Yeah. Has Tyrone Taylor uh, yeah, turned out? Yeah, I yeah. don't, in my opinion, I don't think he has. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, Garcia, I like, I like the addition. Uh, makes the outfield a lot stronger, more depth for the Brewers from the offensive perspective. Another uh, big bat that the Brewers brought in, Justin Smoke, a uh, one-year deal over at first base, who will likely be uh, platooning over there. Um, mm-hmm. Do you see Smoke getting more of the playing time over at oh, first? Oh, yeah. I, I actually like Smoke. He had a down year, um, but the underlying stats were there. The, un, the, the batted ball quality was great. He was hitting the ball really hard and not benefiting from, uh, from some luck. He was uh, hitting a lot of hard outs, and his walk rate was still good. He actually... Uh, was an all-star a couple of years ago, but he might have even had a better year last year um, with some the of the underlying stats. Right. Yeah, he hit, I think, 212 only. Eesh. It was interesting to see him take Thames' spot effectively. They they um, declined Thames' option, which I overall would have liked to see them keep Thames over Smoke, but I do understand it. Yeah, saving him a couple million, yeah. I believe, because yeah. Smoke was 5.5. I'm sorry. Yeah, 5, five million. Thames was going to be a little bit more expensive, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, so probably, again, saved a little mm-hmm. saved a, a little pocket change in that. Yeah, and you figure that he'll he'll be getting probably the bulk of the time there with some Ryan Braun and Ryan Healy mixed Right, in. you mentioned Braun earlier, Ryan Healy in addition. Um, do you see Healy making the Major League roster? Probably not from the get-go unless they have like 30, well... It's possible, I guess, 30-man rosters. Yeah. Probably not, but maybe. He wasn't going to. Who knows? Yeah, yeah definitely. It's, possi- we'll have to it's possible, though. Yeah, we'll have to see. The Brewers also made a couple infield additions in Eric Sogard, Brock Holt, and Jed Jerko. Sogard, obviously, coming off of a career year last year. Do you see him making the biggest impact of the three? I do. I, I like Sogard, and I like Holt, um, both of them. I think they provide experience. They provide good um good leadership and good versatility and jerko uh, i think actually could be a steal he's been a pretty consistently average player had a bad year but was kind of hampered down by injuries the whole year and i think that was really the primary culprit of him having a down year so i do like sogard and holt there i think they provide consistency and stability I definitely, you mentioned earlier the potential of an increased roster size or active roster size for uh, this year. 
I do think that would lead well to the Brewers um, as far as their their belt of their roster. Mm-hmm. A lot they of have, depth. Yeah, they have a lot of depth, um, which is something that I feel like they haven't had in the last couple of years or not as much as they do now. Yeah. Um, with losing some of those, like you said, Thames and replacing him with Smoke and potentially Healy um, and adding Garcia, Braun playing some outfield in first, and then some of those flexible guys like Sogard and Holt and, and even Jerko. Um, I think that would lend well uh, for the Brewers if, if something like that were to happen, but... I do see Sogard um, getting most of the playing time compared to those three guys. And, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what Arcia does this year. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the wild card. I feel like it's always, Arcia's always a wild card. Last couple of years, yeah. Yeah, because it's always like, oh, is he going to finally break out offensively? And then it still hasn't happened. Yeah. He hit like 271 year with no right. walks or right. uh, power. Great offensive year. Right? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see. I, I mean, I think this is kind of, this is it. This is his last chance. I if think if so. he doesn't do somewhat close to producing offensively, uh, I think this will be it for him, yeah. especially with more competition. So uh, definitely we'll have to see. Um, the Brewers also added a couple of arms, most no- mo- most notably uh, Josh Lindblom. Or is it Lindblom? Yeah, Lindblom. Lindblom. Yeah. Uh, three years, uh, smaller deal, about $9 million. Uh, where do you see him in the rotation? Do you see him making the rotation to start? Oh, the yeah. Year? Yeah, I think he'd probably slot in uh, either three or four. I actually like Lauer better than Lindblom. But I think Lynn Bloom has more upside. Some people say Brett Anderson will be the three. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't really matter. But I I do see him as more of a an upside signing, considering that he won the MVP equivalent in Korea last year. And also, they're signed a three year contract for nine million dollars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's not much no. risk. I mean, if he has one good year, that paid for yeah. itself. Oh, yeah. Really. So I like that signing. Um, maybe we'll see some more success from overseas with Eric Thames coming over here, mm-hmm. which was also a really good signing. But this one, I think, is even lower risk. Um, and also, I do like the upside. I think the risk-reward is um, good mm-hmm. for the Brewers mm-hmm. with Lindblom. So another arm they added, Alex Claudio. Or I shouldn't say added, but they maintained Claudio. Mm-hmm. Uh, one year, 1.75. Would you rather the Brewers have spent that money on Claudio or Guerra? Do you think Guerra would have been comparable? Uh, Guerra would have been probably about two and a half to three million personally it's kind of a toss-up for the prices i think gear is a little bit better i do like claudio uh the unique skill set that he brings with the arm arm slot and the left-handed um change up at like 48 miles an hour <laughs> um I, I i do like kind of the funkiness of of claudio so that aspect i do like and i i was overall pleased that they brought him back yeah i think that made sense as well it was good to see them willing to throw a few dollars to Claudio to, to maintain him and keep the bullpen looking somewhat decent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but moving towards the definitely the biggest surprise of the offseason for the Brewers, Christian Yelich signing a seven-year extension worth nearly $200 million to stay with the Brewers. Yelich, I mean, not, not much more to say about Yelich. Obviously, <clears throat> been the, the heart and soul of the Brewers the last couple of years and um, looks to be for really the next six to seven years as well. Mm-hmm. Um, anything to add there about uh, what kind of impact Yelich is going to have? A big one. Yeah, um, yeah. He, yeah. He actually has two years uh, on his pre-existing contract, so it's for the next nine years. So I believe it's through twenty twenty-eight that we'll have Yelich in a Brewers uniform, full no-trade clause. He actually, or the Brewers gave it to him because he said no opt-outs. So he going to be a Brewer. He, he said he wants to be a Brewer. He's comfortable in Milwaukee. Um, I was listening to him talk to Jared Carabas of Barstool recently, and Jared Carabas kept reiterating how much Yelich has told him that he loves Milwaukee. 
Yelich wants to stay in Milwaukee. Yelich loves Milwaukee, and it seems like he'll be here for the long haul. Yeah, it definitely seems like he's found his home, and hopefully he'll be wearing a Brewers cap when he goes into Cooperstown. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see about that one. But, you know, Yelich, obviously, of course, rightfully so, gets all of the attention for the Brewers offseason. A lot of things went down, but another extension that was un- under the radar um, but could be very intriguing was Freddie Peralta's five-year extension worth $15.5 million, and that also contains two club options. So I think it's a really team-friendly contract. Peralta could be, I mean, he's another guy that's kind of like could be for the last couple of years, um, whether he can put it all together as either a reliever or a starter. But do you see that as being a, a club-friendly contract for Peralta? Oh, yeah, because I think even if he's a, a decent reliever, I think we still see the contract paying out. And we buy out some of his uh, free agent years, all of his arbitration years. Uh, I'm glad because it gives him stability. I know his agent actually advised him not to take it because they felt like it was below market value. But he obviously he agreed to it. He wanted to take the deal. Obviously, you you saw the the joy that he had when he signed it, uh, which was I mean, anytime you see that, it's it's nice to see as a fan. And I think that he has a, a pretty bright future. I actually like Freddie better than uh, Corbin Burns, which I mean, I like both of them. But yeah, it's kind of the debate between Freddie Peralta or Corbin Burns. Yeah, it's always good to see Peralta, and obviously different players come from all sorts of different backgrounds. Peralta probably coming from not as good of one just from an economic perspective, so it's good to see Peralta be able to get paid. And hopefully, like you said, even if he's a solid reliever for the Brewers, Brewers win, Peralta wins, and there's upside potential for him to be a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. And if we saw that, the Brewers could really win on that contract. Um, And I think that's actually an under-the-radar contract that could pay off... um, significantly in the next couple of years mm-hmm. so i can't leave off the uh, notable minor league signings mm-hmm. gotta mention keon broxton my favorite uh-huh. player from a couple yeah. years ago solely because keon was probably the coolest player who would always uh stop for the fans before every game that he started back mm-hmm. when he was basically the brewer's best player <laughs> and now he's a minor league yeah. signing but no definitely i always love keon for that because um, pretty much every game i was at he would be with the fans at least for a few minutes before every game um, so just as a fan, enjoy seeing Keon come back, whether or not he'll have any sort of impact. Still obviously has a good glove, a little power, um, potential off the off the bench, but probably won't see a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And there's no September call-ups, so yeah, that's unfortunately no right, pinch runner. Right, pinch runner. Yep. Logan Morrison as well, Shelby Miller, Justin Grimm, Mike Morin, Jace Peterson, Andres Blanco, and Tuffy Ghost, which uh, Logan Morrison and Shelby Miller, if only it was 2012, yeah. uh, it'd be yeah. much more notable. Yeah, Morrison was really tearing it up in uh, spring training when it got shut down. I would I see him as probably the most likely guy to make the Major League roster. Shelby Miller slimmed down. I think he lost about 30 pounds and showed up to camp in the best shape of his life, as we always hear. Pablo uh, Sandoval, yeah. is that you? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, and he, I know he worked at the Brewers pitching lab that they have in Arizona last year. It'll be interesting to see if Shelby Miller can make a big league impact. Grimm and Moore and add some, some decent relief depth, depending on how big the roster goes, they could be included maybe on the taxi squad. Um, Jace Peterson, uh, adds some, some infield depth. Andres Blanco actually was, was released already, uh, before, well, I guess spring training never really ended. So yeah, <laughs> he was released though. Um, and Tuffy goes, which is kind of your run-of-the-mill third-string catcher in AAA who just occupies a spot. Nevin Ashley. Yeah, yeah, catches catches one every five days to give the, the actual guy that you want there uh, a breather, but right. some good organizational depth. Yeah, definitely rounded out the Brewers offseason, and 
it was definitely a busy off season, most eventful one the Brewers have had in a long, long time, mm-hmm. of course. Um, and it definitely will be interesting to see how some of those they did make a lot of changes, so it'll be interesting to see how those guys plays out and if it was worth saving a few bucks to make some of those switches. All right, before we wrap things up today, let's do our five rapid-fire questions for David. So, number one, which of the additions to the Brewers roster over the offseason will have the biggest impact in the upcoming season? I'd actually go out on a limb and say Justin Smoke. Um, I really like the upside that he brings. Uh, All-star not too long ago, good power. Overall, I, I would say Smoke. Interesting. Not, I don't think it would be uh, everyone's take. I think there was just some easier ones in there, but you definitely mentioned earlier about the the underlying stats that Smoke had last year and potential upside. Be interesting to see if that will pay off for the Brewers. All right, number two. Who was the biggest loss to the Brewers this offseason? Grindall, without a doubt. I don't really think that needs much explanation. Yeah, definitely. If you look at really any metric, traditional or saber, mm-hmm. saber metric yeah. or whatever you want to call it, uh, Grandal seems to be the biggest loss that the Brewers will have. Do you feel that the Brewers were a better team before the offseason or after the offseason? I would say before, if we're talking about their their wild card game roster, since they did have Grindal, they had Moustakis. I felt like they had um, maybe they had a few more holes, like they might have had at short. But I I think that they aren't as um, talented, especially with the top guys they have right now. Now, what if I were to rephrase the question? If you look at the wild card roster versus now, which team would you take for the next five years? Well, then I would take now because of the Yelich extension. Right. Right. Yeah, and and even I think the losses to. The losses and the additions that were made over the next couple of years may not play out and may be more cost-effective even as far as what they produce. All right, so number four, what do you think is the biggest hole in the Brewers roster? Hmm. Probably third base, I would say. They have they have rotation depth. They have bullpen depth. They're they're pretty pretty solid around the diamond, but third base is going to look like a Eric Sogard, Jed Jerko platoon most likely. I would overall say, even though that's not terrible, I would say that's a, a hole. Yeah, that would be probably their strongest position if we went back a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> I actually thought you were going to mention uh, the bullpen there as a potential hole, but I think also we've become accustomed to a lights-out mm. bullpen the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah, and we could see Freddie Peralta there. We could see Corbin Burns there. Right. There's some upside, and obviously we got someone named Josh Hader who was one of the best relievers mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. Um, and still is an exceptional left-handed reliever out of the pen. So I think we've almost become spoiled with the Brewers' bullpen over the past. Um, may not be the weakest point. All right, final rapid-fire question. If you could undo a move the Brewers did this offseason, which would it be? Um, it would be the Avisayel Garcia signing as far as a move they actually made. Right. Because I would say right. that um, if it were a move that I would have them, I would want them to keep. The uh, thing is, I would want them to keep Thames, but I also like Smoke. Right. So it's kind of hard to say. That's why I would go with Garcia. Personally, I thought they could have spent the the ten twenty million dollars elsewhere. That's actually was going to be a follow up question. So another twenty million over two years. Where would you either? What player would you have liked to see that go? Either bringing someone back or even like a general position that you wish they would have mm-hmm. maybe splurged a little bit more on. Yeah, the thing was with with Grindall. So he got about eighteen million a year with the the White Sox. And they're spending, I think, about three to four million on Arvias this year. They spent about ten million on Garcia, uh, so that's about fourteen million right there. And they cut, I think, about eighteen million dollars in payroll from last year. 
So I, I do think that there was room for them to bring back Rendall. It, it seems like it was more of a, a long-term thing that they didn't want to give him four years. So um, ultimately, yeah, I, I, I would probably choose to undo the Garcia move. Be sure to check out our blog, bleedingblueandyellow.wordpress.com. On our blog, we have a number of articles previewing the season, both league-wide and a more focused piece on your Milwaukee Brewers. More analysis will be coming soon as well. We'll, we will analyze the roles of certain players for the upcoming season. I'll likely have one up probably in the next week or so about Corbin Burns, one of the more intriguing arms that the Brewers have for 2020. So make sure you check that out again. That's bleedingblueandyellow.wordpress.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. We'd appreciate if you subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Make sure to check out our blog at bleedingblueandyellow.wordpress.com and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Brewers Podcast.